Hello, hello, my darling podcast friends. Welcome back to the Living Holistic Podcast. I am your host, Gigi Febris Cordero, and I am so excited for this week's episode. I had the honor and privilege of interviewing my good friend, Christina, who is an empath, an astrologer, and a psychic. She has helped so many women better understand themselves using their birth charts and help them work through their shadow sides, really just embodying their higher selves and manifesting their dreams. I know this firsthand because I have worked with her as her client and she has just blown me away at the knowledge she has and her ability to look at my birth chart and explain myself to me in a way that just makes perfect sense and allows me to understand who I am so that I'm better equipped to lean in to the positive attributes that I want to show the world and kind of how to manipulate or change more of the quote-unquote negative aspects of myself that I feel are not serving me or my community or my relationships. It's absolutely empowering work and I highly recommend it. So today we'll shed so much light on all of that, how she does it, what astrology is, how birth charts work, and of course her story as well on how she got into this work. I really, really think that you guys are absolutely going to love it. But before we dive in, I did want to remind you that our product of the month is One Happy Liver. And right now you can head over to my website, shoplunanueva.com and get 10% off uh, the One Happy Liver tincture. This is a great time of year to really be leaning in and supporting our liver. And TCM spring is the season of the liver because as we're transitioning away from really heavy foods like soups and stews that are Um, heavier with animal protein and beans, root vegetables, things that we tend to eat more of during the winter months. Our body needs some time to really detox that out and adjust to the lighter foods that summer has to offer. And supporting the liver, which creates our bile, is one of the most supportive ways that we can go through this transition. So the One Happy Liver tincture has herbs like dandelion and burdock and milk thistle seed and just these wonderful herbs that assist the body in doing this. So if you want to um, pick one up, you can use the code LIVINGHOLISTIC. That is W for the holistic, just like the podcast. So LIVINGHOLISTIC at checkout to get 10% off the One Happy Liver Tincture. Um, It's just the way that you can also support this little pod and my little herbal business, and it means the absolute world to me. So with all of that being said, let's jump into today's episode. I know you guys are going to love it just as much as I loved sitting down with my sweet, sweet friend, Christina. Hello, hello. Welcome to the pod, my friend. Thank you for coming and being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I am equally parts nervous and excited. (laughs) (laughs) I get nervous when I'm doing something for the first time and you are my first guest. So, I mean, I guess besides Susser, but he doesn't really count. (laughs) Well, I'm honored to be your first. I think we're going to have fun. I think we're going to have so much fun. I am so inspired by your work and I'm so excited to share it with um, my little growing pod community that I'm creating. I just find your work to be incredibly fascinated. You've helped uh, so many women to better understand themselves, to work through their shadow sides, 
to embody their higher self and really just manifest their dream lives. I know on a personal level, because you're not just a friend, but you, I've been your client in the past. And so I am just so honored to have you here. So please, if you would just introduce yourself, give us a little background on the work that you do and um, how you kind of got into it. Yeah, totally. Thank you for that introduction. You are so sweet. And it's really, it's been a journey. (laughs) You know, you've been there for a lot of it. It's been such a, such a magical ride to get to the place I am now. And so for all of you lovely people on Gigi's podcast, hello, I'm Christina. I am an astrologer and intuitive guide for women who are really just ready to get to know themselves deeper, to love themselves, and really ready to just embody their wholeness, reclaim all the parts of themselves that have been lost, love all of their deepest corners and crevices, and just come into this state of just true feminine embodiment. And astrology has been has been my road there. It's really been my best teacher and my favorite, favorite tool in my toolbox. How did you get into astrology? It's actually really funny. I kind of hated astrology. <laughs> I really, really didn't like it for a long time because, you know, early, early on my journey, I think it was around the time I was 22 was when I really started my spiritual journey. And I had found myself in this rock bottom of life. <laughs> Everything kind of fell apart. At that moment, I thought I lost everything and my entire life was meaningless. And I had found myself in this place where I had just gotten out of this crazy toxic relationship. I lost my car because it was stolen. I had to move out of my townhouse. I had to give up my dog. It was just all of the things. It was just all bad. (laughs) Um, But what I had found at that time in my life was this word empath. A friend of mine gifted it to me is how I look at it. You know, I was sort of in this moment where I thought I was losing my mind. She's like, oh, you're not crazy. You're an empath. And I was like, okay, never heard this. What does this mean? So I did what I always do. And I started researching. (laughs) (laughs) And I just spent all of my time that I could figuring out what this word meant. And it opened up this whole world of spirituality, which was so shiny and so attractive to me but also really freaking intimidating because coming out of a really heavily religious background, I was not prepared for everything I found, but I did kind of peek into my astrology and it told me I was a Virgo and I was like, that is not me. Forget about this. Like, no way. (laughs) This is not who I am. But I was really seeking to figure out who I was. And I felt like at that time I was nobody. I was worthless. And I just really wanted to find this sense of power. And so this word empath sort of gave me that ticket in. Interesting. Yeah, it was really, it was a permission slip for me. You know, I felt like I was so overwhelmed by so much of the world and so much of my feelings and emotions that finding a word that described what my life experience was, was like this whole just permission slip. I I keep using that word, but that's what it felt like. I was like, oh, I'm allowed to be like this. I'm not broken. I'm not crazy. This is actually a gift. And now I can start to utilize this. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's interesting how we need permission to feel things sometimes or to just be ourselves. It's because the world has told us for so, for so long that there is something wrong with us or that we are broken or that we, you know, we should be ashamed of who we are. Or we feel too much or we're too emotional or (laughs) I got that all the time from my growing up. Like you're, you, you're complaining too much. Like you're crying, you're whining too much because I was too emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And I had really been sort of slammed over the head with all of the too muchness (laughs) for a long time. And I think shortly before this time in my life where I found the word empath, I really got to a point where I was so overwhelmed with the feelingness of life that I was convinced I was 
going to get locked up into an asylum. Like I saw it and I was actively afraid. (laughs) It was like, I'm going crazy. And if people find out that I'm going to be locked away. Wow. And so it was just something that I was like really living with. And I think like, that's why I always thank God that I had that friend that I called that one day and I don't even remember why, but I just was on the phone with her and I was like, I'm going crazy. I'm actually going crazy and I don't know what to do. And she was listening and just holding the space. And she's like, oh, you're not crazy. You're an empath. I was like, I "I don't know what that means. (laughs) This isn't making sense. But that was really a major turning point for me. And I am such a fan of the word empath because it just, it provided such a lens for me Mm -hmm. that completely changed my life. I mean, that's what, it's what gave me the strength and the courage to even leave that toxic relationship, knowing that I was probably going to lose everything in my life in the process, which I did, but I held on to this, this empath work because I was like, okay, there's no way I would have this gift and have this depth of feeling without a purpose. And there's no way you can tell me that my purpose is to feel like this every single day. Like that can't be what this life is about. Like I don't, I don't believe that God would put me here and say, Christina, you're just going to feel crazy and just like lose your mind. And that's it. Like, I was like, there has to be more. I don't accept. (laughs) It's not, not allowed. I love it. So what is, so you dove into the term empath and you started studying this. You found that you were a Virgo, but you didn't believe it. So how did you eventually, how did the story change with you in astrology? So what happened was, is I started sort of dipping my toe into the spiritual space. And the one thing that I found really easy to do was step into moon rituals, the Mm -hmm. full moon. Mm -hmm. At that time, being with my grandparents, I didn't have the space to really do a lot with my spirituality, but I promised myself, I said, okay, if I do nothing, if I don't meditate, if I don't study anything, if I don't hold a crystal, if I do absolutely nothing for this entire time, the one thing that I'm going to do every month is do a full moon ritual. Yes. And, oh, and I loved it too. (laughs) Totally totally changed everything for me. And I I held that commitment and I did it every single month under the full moon. And eventually I was like, okay, this isn't enough. I need more. And I, then I learned, oh my gosh, there's a new moon. This is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it so interesting? (laughs) These things that seem so second nature to us now are like that moment, that aha moment of when it happened. It's just funny. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it totally blew my mind. I was like, okay, there's this new moon. This is amazing. So now twice a month, I can do a ritual. This is awesome. And my friends at the time were not not on this path. And I just became the one in the group who was just obsessed with staring at the moon. I started dreaming about the moon. Hmm. It became like everything to me. And I centered everything around the moon. But ironically, I still dismissed astrology (laughs) as a whole. I was just like, nope, astrology doesn't matter. The moon is what matters, which Mm. isn't the moon part of astrology. (laughs) Totally. A huge part. (laughs) But in my head, I didn't use the word astrology. I used moonology. I was like, I don't study astrology. I study moonology and it's amazing. And I went so far as to actually get a tattoo of my sign, which is Virgo, but I added a Leo to the back of it because I was like, I'm not a Virgo, I'm a Leo. So I actually have a tattoo on my body of like this combo symbol of Virgo and Leo because I was still rejecting Virgo so hard. That's so funny. (laughs) I was like, nope, not for me. But, you know, that, that path opened and widened, you know, as the spiritual path does. And it wasn't long before my new moon ceremonies and full moon ceremonies opened up into so much more and you know, I was, I was still seeking, you know, I was spending my life seeking, who am I? What is my purpose here? What am I doing? Like, what am I meant to be? And when I was in that really, really dark space in my life, the message I was told over and over by that toxic partner was, you aren't worth anything. Like, you're not contributing anything to this world. You're not working. You're not doing this. Like, no one's ever going to want you. No one's ever going to love you. 
And so I, even though I was on this healing path, that voice was still in my head. And I was like, I need to be successful. (laughs) I need to create a career. I need to be known in the world. I need to make an impact. I need to do something to prove my worthiness, Hmm. which is really funny because my desires were pretty simple. Like if I was honest with myself, which I was not, (laughs) but if I was really honest with myself, the things I wanted were simple. I wanted to be in a partnership where I felt loved. I wanted to have a home that was my home. I wanted the dog or the cat and the picket fence. And that's what I wanted. And that's what I saw for myself. And I didn't let myself chase that. I chased the career. Mm. And I made that my whole full-time focus of like, I have to have this amazing job and I have to be making this much money and I have to like get the house and get the things and get the car because the car I drive matters so much. And just, I put all of my worthiness in these like achievements. Mm-hmm. And so I was chasing that for a long time and I saw success. I started making money. I was working in sales and I loved it. Like I can genuinely say that I loved it. And I started to create this name for myself where I worked, but I remember there was this one day I was driving down the road and I was feeling real good because I had a good month at work, nice commission check. And I was like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm finding it. And I just heard this voice and it said, create a safe space for women to heal. Mm. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I remember when this happened because you called me and we went out to lunch to talk about it. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, we did. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love how our story has been so connected this whole time. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It's, it's interesting. It's had its ebbs and flows. I mean, we're definitely the closest now than we've ever been, but yeah. yeah. I think that must've been around the time that you started or had your apothecary because I remember you had your logo with the moons and I was like Gigi's my person (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I was definitely doing that already yeah yeah I think once I saw that I was like I looked up to you so much and I was like I just want Gigi to be my friend (laughs) I just want us to know each other And it's funny because I do remember that lunch. And I think right before that lunch, something happened and I got smacked over the head. I think I went through a breakup or something. Mm. And so I showed up and I was like, this is not how I wanted this meeting to go. (laughs) No, I don't. I just remember having a lovely lunch chatting about your dreams and aspirations of how you want to help women. Well, good. I'm glad that shined through because in my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so intimidated, Gigi. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny to think of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you realized, uh, so you had this voice in your head. You're, the commission check was there. You were doing good. You were in a nice car. But all of a sudden, you're like, I'm supposed to help people, help women specifically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what that meant. I had this image in my head of this room in my house that would be a healing space. And I didn't fully know what that meant. Um, I knew energy healing was a thing. I definitely didn't think that was a thing that I was able or qualified or meant to do. I still sort of had this lens of like, you're born psychic, you're born a healer, you're born with these gifts, and that's it. Like, I didn't know that it was a world I could enter in and learn. Mm -hmm. So I had this image, I was like, okay, so if I see this healing room, with all of these crystals in it, what am I doing in there? And where is that room? Like, I don't even have a house of my own. Like, I'm still living with my grandparents. Like, there's no way that that can be a thing. But I couldn't let go of that image. And it, like, haunted me in the best of ways. And it was sort of the voice in the back of my head that steered me from that point forward. And I don't think it was much longer. I mean, a few years, I think, before... I really stepped into that world, but I started to question everything. I started to question my jobs and I started to feel dissatisfied with, with the commission checks, with the success, because I started to notice, I was like, wow, so I could have this amazing month and feel really good. And then I start at zero again. Mm. It's like, what was the point? 
It was like, mm-hmm. who am I helping? Like, what am I actually doing? And I would try to ignore that voice because I'm like, well, I don't know what else I could be doing. But it just got louder and louder and louder. And eventually, I had this moment at my job where I faced a like a sexual harassment. Mm. And I reported it right away. Definitely changed my comfort level there, which really sucked because that was my favorite job I ever had. And I loved it there. But I reported it and I thought, okay, it's done. Like everything's good. The man stopped bothering me. I was like, we're good here. And about four or five months later, I found out that one of our new hires was going to the same exact thing with not just that manager, but another manager. Mm. And I found out that she was one of three women that she knew of that was going through that. And I was like, oh, so this wasn't solved. Yep. And my heart just started to like ache. And I just kept hearing that, like, do something about this, Christina. And she didn't want to do anything about it. She was scared of retaliation. And I, I just felt this bravery rise up in me. And I was like, no, like, this is not okay. Like women should not feel like this in the workplace, let alone four of us now. This is way too much. So I did some digging and I found out that the way that I reported the incident was not the correct way because we had an off-site HR department Mm. that was hired out, contracted out. And I figured this out. And I opened this massive HR case where I helped her make her statement. I made my statement, which was just like the most humiliating experience ever. It really sucked. And... It was leaked everywhere. Everyone found out. Wow. Wow. Good job, HR. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was super messy. Everyone knew. Um, But two managers got fired. Okay. Well. (laughs) So I was like, well, job's done. Problem solved. Like, I did the brave thing. So now we can just get back to work, right? (sighs) It did not happen that way. (laughs) I had Uh, a feeling. Not at all. My work environment changed immediately. I started getting, I wouldn't say bullied per se, but where my office used to be a very popular spot in my, in my workplace, people would always come by. I always had like essential oils and crystals and people would come in the middle of the day and just like put their hands in bowls of crystals and just decompress by my desk. It was just like a spot. I knew everybody in the building. I love it. And people started like coming to the doorway and be like, oh, can't, can't go in Christina's office because she'll probably fill an HR suit. Eight people. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this sucks. And it got worse and worse and worse just between that. And then other things started happening in the office and just everything shifted. It was like overnight, the rug was pulled out from under me and the job I was on set like on track to get a massive promotion that didn't happen (laughs) my manager ended up selling me out to our higher up managers and basically like lying in meetings about things that I've been like reporting and doing and it just it became so toxic that I was crying Mm. on my way to work and on my way from work no 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 and I was like I can't do this yeah no and so I quit in a blaze of glory, I left a scathing letter on my general manager's desk. <laughs> Throwing desks on your way out. <laughs> Basically, I was like, here is a laundry list of complaints I have about your entire organization. I think everyone should be fired. It was, it was not a kind letter. <laughs> this is so why we're so close, because we both have that fire in us, man. Oh, yeah. And... I would love to say after that, I found my way, but I actually went right back to a rock bottom. I went into a super deep depression. I started job hopping. Mm -hmm. I don't think after that, I stayed in a job for more than maybe three months um, at all. Actually, I don't think there's been a single job I've held for more than three months since that point. I just would get somewhere and I'm like, this isn't where I'm meant to be. I quit. Mm -hmm. And my family was losing their mind watching me go through this. So like, just pick a job, any job, and just stay there. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Parents. Right. And I get it. You know, they wanted me to be stable. Of course. course. But still. 
<laughs> oh yeah. I was like, I can't. My soul is being crushed at every single one of these places. And I got to this point where I started to kind of like pick the pieces of myself back together. I got help. I got support. I plugged into a community of what ended up being entrepreneurs. And they were all like, Christina, like you're obviously meant to be an entrepreneur. Like go do, go start a business. And I was like, yeah. what business am I going to start? Like <laughs> I've been in sales for nine years. But in the back of my head, I heard that voice that was like, create a safe space for women to heal. Mm. And I was like, okay. I was like, what do I have outside of this HR suit that qualifies me as that person? Right. But I quit my job. I got an apartment. I bought a new car. And I did all of that within a month period. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I'm doing it. I didn't know what my business was. I had this idea that I was going to coach women in business on how to sell. Mm. So it's like, I know sales mm -hmm. and I know women tend to be really intimidated by sales because it's a male dominated field. And we have yeah. all of these, you know, you think of sales, you think of that used car salesman. Of course. And I worked as a car salesman. So I was like, I can totally flip the script. <laughs> and that is that. not what happened at all. I got one client in, in that sort of field and it was not a good experience. And then I ended up trying to get a job again because I was like, oh my gosh, I have rent. What am I going to do? And three weeks into my new job, COVID happened. Oh. And I was like, okay. So I now have no job. I have higher bills than I've ever had in my entire life. The sales thing's not working out. And I've got about $1,000 in my bank account. What am I going to do? And so I did the most logical thing I could do. And I spent $800 on a business coach. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it does not make any sense on paper. But... <laughs> You know, I had this moment and I was just like, I, when I lost the job, I cried. Like I, mm -hmm. I had it out with myself. I cried. I had the full pity party and I mm -hmm. told myself I was allowed to have a pity party. I was like, this is valid. Like this is a scary situation. I'm allowed to cry. So I did, but I laid on my rug on my living room floor and just feel like I died there. And while I was there, I just had this moment where I was like, you know what? I have a choice right now. I can either choose to go all in on this fear, which I've done before, or I could choose to step into faith for what probably is the first time in my life. And I was like, I've chosen faith every single, I mean, I've chosen fear every time I've ever been in this position. I've always yeah. leaned into fear. I've always been like, okay, this is scary. Let's do the safe thing and like self-preserve. Yep. And I was like, but it's never served me. I've always ended up back here. I was like, what would happen if one time, just this one time, I chose faith? Yeah. And so that's what I did. And I remember right after that, I decided, okay, Starbucks. Starbucks is what needs to happen. I need a Frappuccino to get me through this. <laughs> get up <laughs> off the ground. We got to go to Starbucks. It's my immediate move. That's hysterical. But, you know, I walked out to my car. And on my driver's window was a red sticker that I'd never seen before. It was super faded, super old. And it had the number 246 on it. I think it was 246. And I looked up what that number meant. And it meant your angels are guiding you. Put your faith in your guides. You are being financially taken care of in every aspect. Oh, my gosh. I'm covered in goosebumps. And I was like, all right, you can't make this up. Like, I, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I still have that sticker. Oh um, my gosh. I, yeah, I bet. And I just followed that. And through my business coaching program, I determined, I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not teaching women sales. I'm not doing anything with business. I'm going to be a spiritual teacher. Mm. And this is my path now. And I had people in my life who, I thought were my friends who were like, Christina, you can't do that. Like, you're not ready. You're just really mm. excited about your spirituality. Like, who are you to be a spiritual teacher? But I didn't listen. I was like, nope. Like, you cannot convince me that the series of events that brought me here, the fact that I'm somehow mm. paying rent, paying for this car and surviving day to day in a pandemic, like, this is what I'm here to do. And that's all I'm going to do. And so I pursued that. And 
I made this deal with myself that I would listen to my intuition no matter what it said. And I would listen to it the first time and act immediately. It was sort of like my resolution for 2020 before I knew what 2020 would ask of me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. It's amazing that you were in a place where you were tuned in enough to be able to listen to your intuition and then be able to act upon it. I'm super grateful that at that time in my life, being in my own apartment for the first time, that was when I really dedicated myself fully to my spirituality in like every single day. And what I spent most of my time doing since I had no job was I actually planted a garden. Um, I bought, bought like flower beds because that's all I could do in an apartment. And I was facing, I think, north. So I had to actually like walk with all of my garden beds throughout the day with the sun to keep them with the right amount of light. But that's what I did. I sat on my patio and I literally watched my plants grow and I just meditated Mm. and I listened to my intuition and I just followed everything that it said. Mm. And it was one of the most powerful times in my life. And it was in that time that I had this book that I'd had for a couple of years that I started reading called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. And mm-hmm. I was like, maybe there's more than just the moon that I could pay attention to. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe that's okay. This kind of makes sense. This explanation of Virgo sounds pretty good. And it's actually opening me up to realize I'm so much more than just my sun sign. There's also my moon sign and these other planets. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is, there's something to this astrology thing. And in the midst of that, again, a voice was like, offer 10 astrology readings for free. And I was like, but I am not an astrologer. I don't know how to read astrology charts. But the voice did not shut up. And so I said, okay. And I went on Facebook and I said, I'm offering 10 free astrology readings to 10 women and 10 free astrology readings to 10 men. I just want practice. I haven't done this before. So it's completely free. Who wants it? And for whatever reason, that post blew up and I booked them all like immediately. I don't think I had 10 men, but the 10 women. I know the reason why it blew up. (laughs) It was supposed to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. I was shocked though. I I was like, who's going to pay attention to this? Like I've never talked about astrology before, Mm. but I did the sessions and I studied so much before I would look up their charts and read all the things. And I was like, okay, what does my intuition say? I need to talk to them about. And I was just kind of like planning out the sessions and they never went how I planned. They totally always took a different turn, but I started to learn how to, how to hold that space and how to look into people's charts. And I still didn't think that would have anything to do with my business, which is hilarious. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was like a cool experiment. Like I listened to the universe, like great test of my intuition. And I slowly started to work with clients and I built up my client roster where I had five one-on-one clients and I was offering self-love coaching. That was my offer at the time was I'll teach you how to love yourself, how to set boundaries and how to like be all of who you are. It's like, I know I can hold that space because I've done that for myself. I've given myself that permission and I trust my intuition. And so I can do that. But, you know, every single client I had the first session, I would always read their chart. (laughs) Interesting, right? Yeah. I was like, I need to know. This is just so helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that was kind of how I got into this world. (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. What a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Um, So let's dive a little bit deeper into astrology since that is your thing now. So let's talk about maybe why you weren't resonating with Virgo right away because maybe you were resonating with like your ascending or your moon more. If you want to kind of break down our sun, moon, and rising and what that really is. Yeah, 100%. I think right off the bat, I wasn't resonating with Virgo because I didn't know who I was. Mm. And one thing that 
drives me crazy <laughs> as much as it brings me joy it's astrology has become really popular in recent times which i'm like amazing i'm glad people know about this but also it opens the door to a whole lot of what i call pop astrology which tends to really like cheapen and break things down and so what i was exposed to was virgos are anal and nitpicky and perfectionist and they need everything perfectly clean and they're always on time i'm like well I'm always running late. <laughs> so, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I just didn't like this idea of just being like this, like tight ass. I was like, that's not who I am. Like, that's not fair. Mm. And I hated anything that felt like a box to me. Mm-hmm. But what I love about astrology and the thing that I teach and tell all my clients is like, this is not a box. This is the thing that lets you out of a box. And so the second you feel that box cramming in, it's not astrology. It's not resonating. Like run away from it. Like it's not what it's meant to be. It's meant to give you permission. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it does. I mean, I find that it really helps me understand who I am and why I do the things that I do so that the negative or the things that I view as negative or Um, parts of me that I feel aren't serving me, I have the ability to change, to change the perspective of it, to to flip the script and to, you know, make it something different. And the positive things, I can lean into those. But without understanding, sometimes we just feel like we're just out there kind of flopping around. You know what I mean? (laughs) A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And yeah, I'm, I'm just someone who's run screaming from any box that you try to put me in. Oh yeah, me too. I don't, I don't do boxes at all. It's just not fun. (laughs) I just, I don't fit in one. So I've never been able to be in one. Like I don't fit in one in religion. I don't fit into a political box. I don't, I just, I've never, my beliefs always expand out of the box. So I just realized that I don't, I don't fit into boxes. <laughs> yeah. Totally resonate. Totally resonate. And plus, even if I did fit in one, I'd probably rebel against it just off principle. <laughs> of course. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but that, that's kind of the cool thing. And so, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll break down the sun, moon and rising. But before I say that, mm-hmm. the thing that really helped expand my perspective the most was understanding that every single one of us has all 12 zodiac signs in our chart yes I had no idea until you taught me this so yeah I definitely want to talk about birth charts in general and all of that so if you want to break it down in a way that you resonate most with um so that it, it really gives the best explanation of astrology and the way that astrology does help us to better understand ourselves Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is exactly that. We have all 12 signs. And this is normally overlooked because the vast majority of astrology sites that you look your chart up on will show you your planets. So it'll go through the 12 main planets, which would be like the sun, the moon, and then it'll go through Mercury, Venus, Mars, um, Jupiter, Neptune, Pluto, Saturn, etc. So it'll go through sort of those main planets that we all know and are familiar with and the sun and the moon right Um, they'll tell you here's the signs that each of your planets are in and that's who you are and that is just a piece (laughs) that is one aspect of who you are but those other those other zodiac signs still exist in your chart even if you don't see them in that sort of format so that's why i always recommend looking at the whole picture which is where a lot of people get intimidated and overwhelmed because it's a whole bunch of symbols and lines that look like absolute gibberish until you know what they are. Yep. (laughs) Most certainly understand that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone looks at their chart for the first time. They're like, uh, this means nothing to me. And I'm like, I know It, it looks really scary. It's, I say it's simple, but I have now like three, three and a half years of staring at these symbols. So I see them as easily as, you know, English letters, but yeah. So how do you get a birth chart? Not specifically like a website, but like, what is the information that creates your birth chart? So the components of your birth chart is going to be, um, the planets, each of the planets, each of the 12 Zodiac signs, 
and 12 houses. So those are the three main things that I always say look into first. You can go deeper than that, but that's where the overwhelm starts to happen. So I always say start with the planets and figure out who the planets are. What are these characters? Because each one of the planets in your chart represents a specific type of energy uh, that we all have. So the sun, for example, it represents our heart. It's the core of who we are. It's sort of the thing that makes up the average of us, right? It's why it's really easy to spot. We can always kind of know our sun sign first. Most people know their sun sign, even if they give no cares about astrology. They can right. usually figure that out. Um, and I love that because the sun is like the heart of our universe. I mean, it's the heart of our planet. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Specifically our planet. But yeah, it's it's what provides, you know, it's it's gives it's what gives everything life. It's the heart. Yeah, exactly. And so it, I kind of look at the sun as that same thing. It's like, this is your core. This is what powers the rest of you. Mm -hmm. The next piece to look at is the moon. And the moon represents our inner world. So where the sun is sort of more of our, our outside self, like kind of our personality, but more of like that core. This is like the average. If you were to take your whole chart and kind of average it out, you'll get your sun. Your moons, everything that happens inside and emotionally mm -hmm. so it tends to be a lot more private it tends to be the thing that comes out when we're feeling really deeply and we choose when and who we share our moon with mm -hmm. it's really more of an intimate part of ourselves um and then our rising sign is the first impression we give it's how we introduce ourselves to the world it's kind of like hey this is me and then as you get to know me you'll get to know my son and my moon mm -hmm. so it starts this sort of intimacy process and so each of the planets have their own their own frequency like that some of them um, are connected more to your intuition some are your feminine energy some are your masculine energy mm. um, we have our mental energy we have our growth our abundance our transformation there's so many different energies that exist within each of us and so we can kind of look at the planet as this sort of anchor of energy. So once you know the planet that you're looking at and the energy that it represents or holds inside of your life, then you can look at the sign that it's in. And the sign that it's in tells you how that planet is behaving. So for example, my son is in Virgo. So that would be the core of who I am. In my heart of hearts, I am... I'm such a Virgo. It's really funny. <laughs> it's funny that I spent so much time <laughs> denying it because I am a Virgo to my core. But what I needed to understand was, was the real Virgo, which wasn't, you know, what I was made out to be through all of these mm -hmm. meme memes online, but mm -hmm. more of, I, I do like things organized. Mm -hmm. I am very detail oriented and I'm focused on making things work properly. I'm very hardworking and I want things to have a purpose, which mm. is what I spent my life doing. What is my purpose? What is the work I'm here to do? And right. I like, sort of pursued my Virgo, my heart, my entire life without realizing it. But it's yeah. because Virgo is practical. Mm. And so I can look at that as like, okay, so this is my son, the core of who I am is showing up in this very Virgo lens. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you can start to kind of look at these parts of yourself is like, okay, what is this energy? And then how is it behaving? How is it moving through the world? And that's what the sign tells you is the energy that it's sort of embodying. Gotcha. And then from there, if you want to get more specific, you can look at the house that it's in. Mm -hmm. And so always. each, I'm sorry. Always. I always want to get more specific. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I could go on and on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so we have 12 houses in our chart. And what these 12 houses do is they essentially section our life into these sort of categories. So identity, self-worth, communication, home, creativity, work, relationships, mystery, philosophy, career, community, and the subconscious mind. So those are sort of the 12 kind of pie slices that we have when you look at right. your round chart and they represent these different areas of your life. So once you see a planet and you're like, okay, this is the energy that it represents. This is how it's behaving in this sign. 
then you look at the house and you're like, okay, which area of my life is this showing up in? Right. Where does this planet want to spend its time? Where am I utilizing this planet? And that's where you can really start to pull this picture of astrology together and understand, oh, all of these pieces are working together and there's so many layers to it. So I can meet someone that has a Virgo sun, but it's in a completely different house and they're going to be someone completely different than me. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Because that's where the layers come in. That's where the shades come in. That's where there isn't a box because it's so different for every single person. Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, just like looking it up in the back of the Cosmopolitan magazine. This month in Taurus. (laughs) (laughs) For every Taurus that exists in the world, this is what's going to happen to you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's one piece because I'm like, okay, you could look up what's happening with your son and you might resonate with it. You probably won't. But also, what about the rest of your planets? What about everything else that's going on? There's all of these moving pieces, and it's really hard to look at that whole picture and resonate with it if you don't understand, you know, what's going on. It's sort of like reading a book, but only reading one chapter. You're like, I know the story. (laughs) No, you don't. You know one chapter, the one that you chose to read. So that's how I look at it with astrology is you have to look at the full story and see how it's all working together because that's when it becomes exciting. I mean, it makes perfect sense and it blows me away every time I sit with you. And we've done my chart a few times, but every time like new stuff is seen based off of just maybe what I'm going through at the time or like the other day when we were talking and I mentioned Um, what the psychic had said to my mom and you were like I bet that's in your chart and you pulled it up and you're like there it is (laughs) (laughs) that's insane to me so our chart is a snapshot of the sky at the time that we were born correct exactly right it's as if you were to take a picture of the sky the very second you were born So to get your chart, you need your time of birth, your date of birth, and the location of your birth, right? Yes, exactly. You'll need all three um, to get an accurate picture. If you don't have the birth time, which is where most people get hung up, um, I always recommend take the extra steps, call the hospital where you were born, request the records. You can get it. It might be a little bit of extra legwork, but... Oh, wow. Okay. It creates, that's where you get your houses. So if you don't have your birth time, you miss that entire part, which shows you where everything is in your chart. So it it leaves a lot out. Yeah, for sure. And that's smart. I never thought about calling the hospital to get that information. That's awesome. Yeah, you totally can. I've had some clients who tried and were not able to get their records. Either they didn't know where they were born, the hospital, they Mm -hmm. just couldn't Mm -hmm. get the information. Mm -hmm. In that case, um, if the astrologer you're working with is psychic, then they can divine the time. So I've had probably, I don't know, a dozen or a couple dozen clients who just could not get their birth time. And I'll always use my pendulum and find the time that way. Wow. Pendulums are so fascinating to me. They absolutely blow my mind because I know it's, I I would assume it's reading energy, Mm -hmm. but it just seems like magic. You know, it's funny. I thought so too. I was actually intimidated by pendulums because I'm like, how is this working? (laughs) I had my pendulum for probably, I would say at least five or six years before I ever used it. Cause I was like, I don't know about this thing. (laughs) And then I discovered it's actually working with your subconscious mind. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Our subconscious, you know, knows so much. And I believe it's connected to our soul and our soul holds all the information. But our Mm -hmm. subconscious mind is kind of where we can create that bridge. So what ends up happening when you work with the pendulum and you set your intention and you ask a question, your subconscious mind will give you the answer and create these micro movements in your hand. They're not perceptible to the eye. They're not conscious, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. those unconscious movements will start to create the yes or no. And so it's really interesting um, that there's actually like a neuroscience component to it. Wow. Yeah. 
but it's it's sort of like this direct line to your intuition using your subconscious and I think it's so cool (laughs) so what all do you use your pendulum for because I don't use it as much as I would like to use it I don't think of ways to use it and then on the other side I've seen like people in the grocery store or like one time at the market, I was working a market and a lady came up and like used her pendulum to decide if she was going to buy my products. And I was like, I don't, that's, I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I've seen people in the grocery store, like holding a thing of yogurt with like their pendulum. Like, is this the yogurt I want? I'm just like, it would take me all day to go grocery shopping. (laughs) So, uh, it's, it's sort of like muscle testing. It sounds like from those, from those examples, they're using it like okay. muscle testing uh, of like, is this resonating with my body? And I mean, right. I muscle test almost everything at the grocery store. If I haven't eaten it before, even if I have, I'm like, does my body actually want this? And I'll muscle test it and be like, dang, it doesn't want potato chips, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you muscle test yourself? I've only had other people muscle test me. I do. I do. There's a couple ways you can muscle test yourself. The way it works, the way that I do it is I um, create sort of a ring between my middle finger and my thumb and I interlock them and I try to pull them apart. And for me, the answer might be different for you. You want to calibrate it. And this is exactly the same way, by the way, that you would calibrate your pendulum. pendulum yeah. Is you would ask a question that you know the answer is yes to. So like, is my name Christina? And I'll muscle test and I'll get yes of course it is I'm like okay and then I'll ask a few more questions that I know the answer is yes to so I get a really consistent of like okay so for me my fingers do not break apart if it's a yes it's a very solid if it's a question like no if I'm like is my name Gigi my fingers break apart immediately right and it's the same thing with your pendulum it works exactly the same way so the way that I use my pendulum is Sometimes to check in with myself if it's something that I don't want to muscle test, but I usually use it in session. So I use it oftentimes to get birth times if I can't get um, mm-hmm. a record somehow of an exact birth time. I often use it though to scan people's energy. So I'll look and I'll scan their chakras and figure out how their chakras are moving. And I can tell based on the movement of the pendulum whether or not their chakra is balanced, it's overactive, or it's. Um, sort of like dormant, locked, or just inverted. I've had some interesting readings come through. Oh, wow. That's, I've never, see, I would never think to use it to test my chakras. And I'm always wondering, like, when I do chakra meditations, like, are they balanced? Were they balanced to begin with? Are they balanced now? (laughs) Oh, it's super cool. Before and after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Any other ways? Um, I'll use it oftentimes. Um, I used one actually just last night in a client session. Um, her grandma popped up in our session. So I was talking to her grandma, uh, her spirit grandma, right? She's not on this plane anymore. And I was right, yeah. conversations with her and I used it to gauge whether or not she was still there. So mm-hmm. for me, it was spinning really actively while she was talking to me. And then it sort of stopped when she didn't have anything else to say. And then I also used it to ask her like yes or no questions. So I asked my client, do you have any questions for her? And she had a question. Mm-hmm. And so I asked and grandma would be like, yes or no. And then I would hear the rest of the messages and be able to translate it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You're so talented. You've blown my mind since the moment I met you. And you would tell me about being able to see spirits. And I was never like, that's weird. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I guess, me and my openness, but I was always like, that is so amazing. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I always said I was just one of those kids who came on or came in with the lights on, like where I could just see those things. And for whatever reason, no one in my family ever questioned it or shut it down. So it was it's just so beautiful. It was just allowed to be there. And so I just kind of thought everybody had those experiences. Um, I was definitely not born with the lights on. I was very like, I was sheltered in the way I was raised, but I also just like didn't think outside of my little bubble very much. Like I remember the first time that I thought like, but where does the garbage go once it leaves the curb? 
<laughs> I mean, I was probably, I don't know, nine by the time that even ever occurred to me. Like, it, I, I always consider myself a very late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just very just like, I don't know. I was, I don't, I don't have a lot of memories as a child. I just feel like I was kind of just like floating. It took a while for like me to really develop and come into myself. It's interesting. That makes me want to look at your Mercury placement again and figure out (laughs) where Mercury is in your chart. We can't make it through one conversation, I feel, without you pulling up my chart and being like, let's just take a look and see. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, so... Um, so you do these chart readings, but you do so much more whenever you work with clients. So just give a brief, um, I know you work, you do a lot of shadow work. You do a lot of group led, um, classes or ceremonies or whatever you call them. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of both. Um, I've actually officially closed down doing one-on-one long-term clients, at least for this year. So the primary ways that I work with people now is through astrology readings or astrology journeys. So this is something I'm really excited about. I actually channeled this container, gosh, probably like two years ago, and it's finally out in the world and I've barely talked about it, but it's really, really exciting to me. And it kind of combines all of my favorite things to do when working with a client. And it is actually, it's a one-on-one container, but it's less coaching and more energy and astrology. So I call it Astro Soul Retrieval. And what we do is we go through your birth chart and we look and we read all the parts of it. And we find where you have rejected yourself or left pieces Mm -hmm. of yourself behind. We call those pieces back. We integrate them into your energy body. So that way you can emerge in this space of wholeness. And from there, we activate your gifts and help you step into this sort of full embodiment of all that you are. It's so, so my favorite thing in the world to do because it really combines. There is definitely a shadow work component to it. There's an energy healing component and astrology is sort of the map that we follow to go and find all the little parts of you that are ready to come home. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love, love doing that work. It's so much fun. It's four sessions. Um, And outside of that, of course, I always, always do astro readings. I love my astro readings. They're my favorite sessions. I usually spend, it's actually like two and a half hours now that I spend (laughs) first session. I try to cut it down, but I just, I cannot. There's just too much that I want to go into. So usually about two, two and a half hours I spend on a birth chart. And then I have my long-term container Alchemist Academy, which I co-facilitate with my husband, Greg Biggs, and that is a modalities training where we take um, those who want to be a healer, want to be a coach, and teach them how to guide meditations, how to do energy healings, and how to coach, so that way they can kind of emerge as this, this healer, ready to go. Powerful, powerful work you do, helping others help others. It's, it's amazing. Mm, absolutely amazing so the last thing I just want to dig into a little bit because I feel like possibly people won't know exactly what it is I didn't know what it was until you started working in the field and explained it to me but what is shadow work like what is our shadow so our shadow is the aspect of ourselves that is most often rejected or labeled as bad (laughs) so our shadow it either emerges Internally or externally, it has sort of these two manifestations. Internally, our shadow looks like doubting ourselves, second-guessing ourselves, or beating ourselves up. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. I should have done that. I shouldn't have said this. Why do I always do that? And it sort of becomes this like negative internal chatter that's basically constantly shaming ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and telling us that, that we're not good well. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Externally, it looks like all of our lovely character traits, like projecting our emotions onto others, judging others, having a wild temper, being angry, tailgating someone in traffic, or going off on our partner, right? It's sort of like where our darkness emerges from us. And what I believe about the shadow is... A, it's just a part of us. It's not the whole picture of us. And our shadow is 
actually meant to be one of our greatest teachers in this lifetime. It's a really, really powerful part of ourselves whose sole purpose is to keep us safe. Our shadow wants us to never feel pain, to never get hurt, to never be in danger. And it goes to kind of extreme measures to get our attention to keep us safe. And so when we spend time with our shadow and understand what it's trying to tell us or what it's trying to protect us from, that's when we can kind of insert our judgment of whether or not we need to listen to our shadow or whether or not our shadow is just fear or resistance or discomfort. We can sort of ascertain, you know, whether or not we need to listen to the voice of the shadow or just show it some love and give ourselves compassion and carry on in the direction we're going to anyways. And in that sense, we can kind of take what sometimes feels like this monster inside of us and tame it down into a really, really sacred friend. Mm. Wow. So the super horrible negative voice that I call my itty bitty shitty committee in my head is something that with shadow work, I could be able to control to, to an extent, like tame down and quiet. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that you call it that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's just, Oftentimes that part is just, it's keeping us safe. So it's either in self-defense or, you know, just, just trying to keep us from being in any form of discomfort, which is really useful, right? Like we need fear. We need to kind of have those things to keep us safe, right? I always say without, without our shadow, we would jump off roofs, right? But like, I can fly. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) But most of the time it's not actually serving that sort of purpose it's keeping us from stepping into vulnerability it's keeping us from experiencing real intimacy or from stepping out of our comfort zone right and so if we can sort of notice when that voice is happening one of the little clues I like to give my clients is oftentimes at least this is how it works in my head I have multiple voices going on right in the sense of sometimes I'm walking through my day I'm like okay what am I going to eat what do I want to do what am I blah 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 blah. right Mm -hmm. and then other times there's this you shouldn't have said that you shouldn't have done that and Mm -hmm. so anytime I hear the voice in my head that's saying you I'm like who's talking to me Mm. because if I'm talking to me I'm not saying you (laughs) I'm saying I I'm saying me Mm -hmm. so It may be that way for you. It's something to look into, but whenever you hear that, (laughs) did you say itty bitty shitty committee? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anytime you hear just notice the tone that they're speaking in. What are they saying? And you can ask yourself, whose voice is that? And sometimes that voice sounds like our voice. A lot of times it sounds like someone in our life, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe a parent or, you know, a bully or someone who we think is judging us. And we just, in general, it tends to not be us. And we're like, wait a second, who are you and why are you telling me this? And I think usually that's the shadow manifesting in different ways. And then I get really curious about it. I'm like, okay, why are you saying this to me? Like, what are you trying to keep me safe from? What are you actually trying to tell me? That's interesting. Yeah, because I get, I mean, I was told my whole life, you're too loud. You take up too much room. Mm. Um, like you take up too much space when you're in a room. And so I get, I hear that a lot in my head, like, oh, you're being too, you are being too loud. And so maybe that's trying to keep me safe from someone judging me at when I'm out in public. Like you get me laughing good in a restaurant and heads turn to look (laughs) at me and roll their eyes. And I almost, I now like pay attention to see who all is out there judging (laughs) and clearly miserable and pissed off that they're not laughing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe it's that that voice is trying to keep me safe from the pain of someone giving me a dirty look or judging me. But really, who cares if I'm too loud? And I only think that I'm too loud because I was told that I'm too loud. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That sounds like exactly it. it's keeping you safe, right? You don't want to yeah. be rejected. You don't want to be yeah. judged. You don't want to feel that. This mm-hmm. is not a safe zone. So we're going to steer clear of that with that voice. But that's exactly how you start to question is like, who cares? Like, what is actually going to happen to me if I get a dirty look? Then what? 
Yeah, I'm used to it at this point. <laughs> I don't care. But it's but I I think I don't care, but I still will hear that voice. So that's interesting. I've got I've got some work to do, Christina. <laughs> Just As the always. curiosity. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you wanted to chat about before we wrap this up? I've been, I mean, we've gone over so much. We have. This has been amazing. Uh, No, I mean, I think that that covers the most of it. I think for anyone listening who's curious, who wants to step out of a box, who wants to know themselves more, who wants to really give themselves permission to be whole, maybe for the first time, Mm. your astro chart is an amazing place to begin because it will show you all the shades and flavors that are inside of you. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that you could ever witness. I think it's one of the best gifts you can give yourself 100%. Um, So go ahead and plug yourself. Tell us where we can find you and all the things. Absolutely. The best, easiest way to find me is on Instagram. My handle is at the grounded intuitive, no spaces or underscores or anything like that. And from there, um, you can always shoot me a message. I have links up sometimes. Um, I tend to change them up. So if you're ever curious about an astro reading, you can absolutely reach out to me and we can get that booked. Wonderful. I'll add that info in the show notes for sure amazing thank you thank thank you thank you thank you so much this went so smoothly and it's nice to no longer be nervous after spending the whole day being nervous (laughs) oh good yeah this was so much fun i've got the first one down yay so (laughs) thank you again thank you so much we will probably have to do this again someday um maybe even in person the only thing that could have made this better is if we'd done it in person yes very soon I think yeah I hope soon. I hope I hope <laughs> well I love you thank you so much and the living holistic podcast will be back again next week wow 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 you guys that episode was just totally epic Mm, I hope you loved it as much as I loved it. And if you are loving what you're hearing here on the Living Holistic Pod, I do ask that you follow and rate and review and share with those who you know would also love it so that we can spread the word on living a holistic lifestyle. I love you guys and I will see you back next week for another episode.